You're listening to Two Smart Assets with Chris Thompson and Danny Nichols. This is your source for passive investing in real estate syndications. It's time for us to gain knowledge and take action. So let's go. All right, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Danny Nichols, I'm accompanied by the co-host, Chris Thompson. Chris, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Man, I'm doing awesome. It is cold out. We got about four or five inches of snow, so I built a fire and kind of hanging out, working from home today. Four or five inches of snow. Wow, that's uh, that's pretty crazy. Uh, have you guys gotten much snow this year so far? Man, this is like the first snow that I've seen I think in probably more than a year. Uh, I, I don't think it's snowed around here in a, a little while. So we were actually pretty excited. It was a kind of a snow day. So did you get to go outside and make a, a snow angel? No, I did go out. I did go out in my slippers and uh, kick some snow around just, just to feel it. But no, I didn't jump in the snow or anything like that. Right on, right on. Well, we got a little bit of snow out here as well. Uh, wasn't quite as much, but uh, it, like I say, it's, uh, it's pretty chilly, but um but most of the snow is melted uh, at this point. It was just uh, more of a dust thing than anything. But um, yeah, I think it's supposed to clear up and here in a few days, we'll be back in the 50s. So temporary thing, but it was the first yeah. snow I'd seen seen this winter. So but anyway, so, uh, so today, you know, we kind of want to talk about um, something that is that we both think is, you know, very important to investing, um, especially real estate investing. But, uh, you know, when we do our investments, um, one of the main things we look at is analyzing and choosing a market, you know, because, you know, you can invest in real estate anywhere, but if the market isn't great, uh, your investment probably is not, it it can still do well, but uh, for the most part, you're better off investing in markets with good demographics, you know, uh, good stuff going into the future. Uh, that are promising, um, you know, like population, job growth, stuff. These are just some of the things that, that are driving markets. And, uh, you know, if you go ahead and invest in a market that doesn't have good drivers, you risk uh, jeopardizing uh, your investment. So um, that's kind of what we're going to talk about today, analyzing and uh, choosing your market. Um, so, and like I said before, it's critical to evaluate markets uh, you want to invest in. Uh, it helps you understand, uh, you know, what's driving um, the real estate investments, you know, why people are moving there, rents, prices, all these things can come with what your market is doing. And uh, it's important to, to understand these things and, and know which direction these are going and then you can invest. And then so for Chris, so, for people like you and me, and actually most people, I think I think a lot of people start investing in real estate in their backyard just because, well, I'm yeah, familiar with it. It's more convenient. Absolutely. And uh, so if we want to talk a little bit about that, why can you talk a little bit more about that? Why do people tend to invest in their backyard first? Or why? why well, where's I, that thought process of, well, you know, I think that's, start? Go ahead. No, I think that's pretty easy. You know, you know investing where you live, um, <clears throat> whether that's good or bad, you tend to, to know a lot about your area because you've been living there a while. You're familiar with a lot of the businesses and industries that are in that, in your area. So you know really what's driving the local economy. So, you know, and also it's easy to, to jog around town and look at different properties. So just a matter of convenience and complete familiarity with the, with the general locale, you know, what you're dealing with. So, I mean, it's a, it's a nice little, Nice little entry level. I mean, unless you're actually uh, living in uh, in a place that's blowing up, 
I mean, it's a good way to at least get your feet wet and to kind of see how things are going, how local economies are working. And, and then you'll, you know, once you realize, you know, maybe where you live isn't the best place to invest, then you'll understand how you can measure that against another place and see how the other place might benefit better. But it's good to start locally and then just kind of expand outwards and until you find what best aligns with uh, your actual investing goal. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, like for us, we started investing in our own backyard for the, for the very same reason that you mentioned uh, just now, you know, it's, it's, it's in our backyard. We were familiar with it. We knew what areas we li- would potentially like investing in. And, you know, that's what we did. So we started in our own backyard, but we found that other markets are performing better. And it's really, depending on what type of investing you're doing, it's really not challenging to invest in other markets. I don't want to say there isn't some work that accompanies that, but you know, there are things you need to do. However, uh, investing in in other markets isn't quite as daunting as I think most people make it out to be. But, and, and, but then again, as we know, um, you know, you can start in your backyard like we did, or like most people do, uh, investing in real estate. However, sometimes the market, uh, that you live in where you stay may not be the best market, right? I mean, we've, we've seen that happen. Uh, you know, it depends on what's driving that, that local economy, the businesses, the industry, say your market is dominated by, uh, by a certain industry, you know, and that just plummets for whatever reason that's going to affect home prices, rents, uh, population, job growth, all this stuff. So, you know, if that's happening in your backyard and you plan to invest in there, you know, that could be detrimental to your portfolio. So, um, you know, and we're looking at pass, investive, uh, passively in apartment syndications right now. And, uh, you know, a lot of apartment uh, syndications, you can invest with these syndicators pretty much anywhere across the country that they're finding deals, right? So, uh, yeah. so basically, that's what's driving us to look at these different markets. You can invest in any type of real estate in any market. It doesn't have to be apartment syndications. It could be single family homes. It could be, you know, mobile home parks. It could be whatever. But um, we're looking at apartment syndications and uh, we want, again, today we're going to be talking more and more about uh, choosing a market and with that. So, so Chris, so you're looking at investing in real estate, no matter what type it is, and you're not sure what market you want to select. How do you go about choosing which market to, to pick, which market to invest in? What's your, what's your process for starting that? Well, I think, uh, you know, just, just analyzing a market is a good worthwhile exercise to uncover any blind spots that you might have uh, as far as, you know, you, you don't know, you don't know what a certain market is going to uncover. And, uh, and once you do your actual market study, you know, it's going to help your customers. It's going to help, help your customers so you can deliver the best possible service to them. Um, it's important, I think, to, uh, to understand like the market size, the market size and the market demographic, you know, who are you targeting? And just like you mentioned just a moment ago, you know, if you need to pay attention, like what, what industries are, are going on in your area and, and how much those are actually dominating and, you know, creating the actual economy there, what, you know, if you're in Detroit and you're paying attention to like vehicle production, or if you're somewhere else and you have, you know, like around here, we have a lot of, uh, I guess the military industrial complex is huge here. And so, I mean, you got to look at a couple things as far as like the market size, who's your target, you know, who are your competitors, you know, is your market, is it growing or is it contracting, you know, and what are things that are potential, 
disruptors, you know, and especially, you know, going back to the, the military industrial complex, you know, we have uh, several bases around us and then we have Boeing, Lockheed and Raytheon and places like that. Like where you really kind of need to pay attention to like the, the geopolitics, you know, if we're that stuff could, you know, as much as that brings in a boatload of jobs, as soon as something happens politically, that industry could come crumbling down. So you got to focus on a bunch of things and I mean, okay. So, so basically you're saying focus on a certain demographics, maybe some statistics of your market, whatever you choose. Right. And so, and so even backing up a little bit and saying, you know, we want to choose a market. Well, the market that we choose, you could start, you know, by maybe, um, you know, a market you live in or a market that is around you and then branch out and say, Oh, well, I like this area or I like, um, you know, somewhere I visited, you know, these are the markets you need to choose to analyze and using the demographics and the, the data that you're talking about and applying it to those markets. Right. So some of the, and again, you're talking about whether this, you know, the market is uh, contracting, whether it's growing, you know, the market size and, and these type of things and potential disruptors, like, just like you're saying, you know, if, if a market is dominated by a certain industry, whether it's aerospace or oil and gas or tech or whatever it may be, you know, if, if things are changing with uh, these industries, it could either be a good or bad for your right. real estate investing. And it's going to be very important for you to pay attention to these things. So let's, let's dive a little bit deeper into that. When you're talking about looking at demographics and statistics and, you know, and pay attention to what's going on here, I, I think we, we both agree that, you know, looking, when you're looking at these, these numbers and this data, it's important to pay attention to trends, you know, long-term trends and short-term trends. So you want to pay attention to something maybe like five years uh, for a longer term trend. And then something maybe like one to two to three years for a a little bit shorter term trend because you know, things can change. So you could be trending uh, one direction uh, say for four years and the next or for three years. And then, you know, the last two years it starts improving, you know, say, say, you know, for the last, for the first of five years, for the first three years of five years, you see a decline, but then the next two years, the latest two years, you see an increase. So, you know, that's promising. That's something you want to look for. So yeah. you definitely want to look for trends for long term or short term. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, what other type of statistics you're looking for, you know, what, what type of data. So we know, we know one thing's important. We want to look for population growth, right? So, mm-hmm why is population growth important for, for choosing a market? Well, you need to, population growth is going to give you a, a direct indication on the, you know, just the market size, you know, and what is it doing? I mean, obviously you don't want to participate in a place that, uh, that is actually going downhill. So understanding where the population is at. And like you said, looking back, you know, one, two, maybe three years just to see, just to follow that trend. Is it an upward trend? And, and and how drastic is that trend? Uh, I mean, that's going to have a direct correlation on your success. And so, I mean, you, you want to go someplace that's, uh, that's doing better than steady. You know, that's, it, they're growing. You know, they're showing good improvement year over year. Uh, I mean, that's a good starting point. Absolutely. And, you know, we've, we've analyzed markets before, and you see the population decreasing. And, you know, for us, that's, that seems like that's – that's, that's the opposite direction you want it to be going. You want, you want these, you want the population to be growing. You want people to be bringing in jobs. And then, so that brings me to the, one of the next uh, most important data points that I think is uh, unemployment or job growth. So, um, you know, again, that goes back to saying, pay attention to your industries, pay attention 
to what jobs people have or what, what companies are dominated in your market. Because, you know, if you're looking at these trends, whether it's short-term or long-term trends, again, like we spoke before, um, with unemployment, if, if your employment numbers, unemployment numbers are growing, you know, job, that means people are basically, jobs are leaving yep. that market, you know, and that's, that's something that you really want to pay attention to because if jobs are leaving the market, well, that's renters or that's people who live in homes, you know, these are, these are things you have to pay attention to. So, you know, population growth, unemployment or job growth. And then again, going back to kind of your example from the aerospace is, you know, job diversity, you know, you want to have a market in your market. You want to have a diverse landscape when it comes to industries, you know, if it's dominated by just one industry and like you said, the tanks, well, that's going to be an issue. So, um, you know, we see this all the time. So with that being said, do you have any other, uh, demographics or data points that you kind of watch real closely when you're, when you're looking at markets? Uh, immediately, yeah. Um, uh, as far as job diversity, uh, you know, that's obviously huge, but I want to know what the median income is. I want to know what people are earning around there and, you know, see if that applies to, you know, my, my actual investment needs or, you know, our customers' investment needs. Um, you know, it's, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's important to know where you can price you know, where you're providing housing. Uh, but then also I'm looking at vacancy rates. Uh, you know, what kind of like, are, are they having uh, trouble filling this up? I think that probably can go back to the income as far as, you know, the affordability. Um, and then also to actually circle back around, I want to look at the rent rates. You know, what are people normally paying to be in that area? You know, as I want to be competitive, but you know, we still have to protect our money. And so those are, those are a few that I'm really paying attention to uh, day over day. Okay. I want to dive a little bit deeper into uh, vacancy rates because, you know, there's, there's a couple of things that can be happening with vacancy rates. So, uh, and, and it, it can apply to other demographics or other statistical uh, uh, trends you want to look out for. So vacancy rates, we know that basically that means, you know, you have units that aren't occupied basically mm. when it comes down to it. So, but that could be due to it. And if you look at the, the vacancy trend, whether that's increasing or decreasing, that could be due to more than one thing, you know? So for first of all, absorbency, right. Absorbency, like you're talking about getting these units filled, but you know, that could be due to say, you know, our jobs leaving, if jobs are leaving the market, kind of like we spoke before, if jobs are leaving the market, you know, people are going to be moving out. So you could potentially have vacancy based off of uh, job growth or, or basically job loss, you know, uh, unemployment numbers, these kind of things you need to pay attention to. But there's also something else that you should pay attention to when it comes to vacancy is um, supply. Cause you know, this is, all of this is supply and demand. This, mm -hmm. this whole thing is supply and demand. So, and, and basically the, that type of demand that, or vacancy that we just talked about is, is more of like a demand thing, but, you can also look at the supply side, you know? So if you look at certain markets, look at how many uh, permits are being issued for, for larger multifamily properties, you know? So if you come in and you see vacancy is, is rising, well, go look at your permits, you know? Yep. There might be a hyper, like an oversupply of, of units coming online, which is actually driving that vacancy to increase, you know, instead of say, you know, job loss or people moving out, well, right. really, you might just be having a ton of apartments going up and they're not filling as quickly as they're being built, basically. And so you might experience vacancy of that. 
So it's, it's important to look at different aspects. So, you know, kind of just a, a quick overview of some of the, the numbers that we're looking for is, you know, is we're looking for population and population growth, job growth, job diversity, you know, the income, like you were saying before, income's another one. Um, you know, if you're only bringing in, if you're in a market where the income is super low or an, even a sub market where the income is, is pretty low, you got to realize if these people aren't getting paid, you know, they're not going to be able to afford rent. So you're going to have to make sure that these people are, are bringing in enough money to basically pay the rent and pay it on time. If you're, you know, if you're looking at that type of investment and then, okay, so vacancy rates, um, and then the, the rents, like you said, you know, what are the, what are the rental rates? So that'll kind of give you an idea of, you know, where you're going to be at, uh, with the rates, especially if you're doing apartments or just single family rentals, stuff like that. And, uh, and then again, the, the, the permits issued for the multifamily construction. So when you're looking at these numbers, Chris, where, where are you finding this stuff? I mean, cause are you just hearing this word of mouth? Or are you just Googling it or how does it, what's the process for you? Well, uh, it's a little bit of everything, but then really you got to fall back on uh, actual census numbers. Uh, you know, there's a handful of great sources. Uh, there's census.gov, uh, departmentofnumbers.com. Uh, there's not a fact finder. Factfinder.census.gov is, is a great place to really find a lot of key indicators that you need uh, to kind of put the, the entire puzzle together. So that's kind of, that's kind of like my go-to place. Okay. Is that pretty, is that pretty easy to use? Do you find that, do you find that going in there and, and, you know, looking for those numbers is pretty user friendly or. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think it's going to take just a, the average beginner, you know, it'd take you a few minutes to kind of get used to the, the actual user interface, uh, but it's not a big deal. And within just a few minutes, you should be able to find what you're looking for. Um, okay. Perfect. I mean, so it, so I mean, it can be time consuming, but then after you're good at it, it trims down pretty good. Okay. Perfect. So say you go in, you're finding these numbers, you go to these websites and you're pulling all this data. How do you, how do you organize this data to basically say you have, you know, a handful of markets you want to look at, you know, your backyard, maybe something down the road and then somewhere you visited and went on vacation last summer, or maybe just somewhere you've always wanted to look at, you know, doing something in, uh, after you go in you find these numbers for all these markets, how do you, how do you personally compile that and kind of, you know, evaluate which markets maybe you want to focus on? Man, I mean, it really just starts like once you've, once you've gathered all your information, you got to put it into like one cohesive document, you know, put everything into one place. So you can begin to align different, like line all the columns up of different categories that you have. So you can better weigh one market against the other, or at least, you know, like Excel. I'm old school. I love, I love spreadsheets. So that's my go-to, uh, just drop everything in there, organize it, how you, how you'll be able to, to find everything the way you need, you know, you're going to organize it differently than I am, but just, just create some tables and just start filling in your data points. And I mean, just kind of go from there. Just make sure it, make sure it aligns with uh, what you're looking for. And if it doesn't just move on. So basically you're going to go in, you're going to compile this data, make, you know, columns and rows for, for your markets. And then, you know, what that data, what that data is. And then basically do you do like a ranking system, uh, based on, you know, which, which one of the aspects that you do in job growth, do you rank uh, the markets accordingly, which one's best to, I guess, not, not quite as good, or do you rank those and then come up with an overall ranking system at the end? Or what does that look like? Yeah, it's, you know, when you start ranking everything individually, I believe, 
I feel like it, it becomes a little more convoluted and harder to follow because one market might be better for job growth. One might be better for, you know, rental rates. So you gotta, you gotta start taking kind of like weighted averages. Uh, but yeah, everything is, everything is relatively ranked and then just see how it falls. Just kind of take an average of those numbers on that market and just to see, to maybe get an overall measurement of one particular place and then take that and then just basically turn around and go do it again. But if I'm weighing, you know, Jacksonville against Memphis against Houston uh, over one particular thing, that ranking system might not follow, you know, when I go to weigh them against a different topic, they're all, it's going to be somewhat randomized based on, you know, who's doing what better. So you have to kind of take that. And like I said, give it, give each of those uh, like basically a weighted average. So that way, when you do become, once you, once you've actually completed your actual data analysis, then you'll be able to see overall. Yes. Okay. Memphis is doing pretty good or Jacksonville is doing great Memphis or uh, Houston or whatever. Like, yeah, I mean, Okay, perfect. Yeah. So the ranking system, basically, you come up with, you know, which markets are performing best based off of the data that you've compiled from from these resources, right? So say you get these, you have a ranking, how important is it to you? Say if you have five great markets, well, first of all, let's back up. How many markets are you say you're analyzing at a time? What do you think is a good number to start with? Because I mean, there's hundreds I, of markets. What yeah, do you think you I, I feel like, I feel like, two or three is probably a good start. If you have, you know, 10 or more, you're going to start getting bogged down. It's just a real, a lot of data to look over. Uh, I would suggest, you know, at least like we said before, start in your own backyard. Let's see what your town is doing and, and get a feel for that and then branch outwards and maybe do one or two at a time. And then, you know, once you, once you have a good one there, maybe look for something else. I would slowly start adding them in, but if I'm just going to weigh 12 different cities against each other, it's going to take a while and it could get, like I say, it could get pretty convoluted. So start small. Okay. So start small, narrow down to your markets and then, and you can always grow. You can always analyze more markets later. Sure. Say you analyze five markets or say you analyze anywhere between three to 10 markets and you find that a couple of them are duds or maybe something they have just have bad demographics. The numbers don't look good. Well, you can always scrap those and choose other markets to uh, compare to maybe some of the, the best performing markets that you've analyzed. And that way, you know, you can really come down with this, this list of great markets to invest in, and then you can go and explore uh, different opportunities in that area. So right. just because you, just because you start with a handful of markets doesn't mean those are the markets that you're, you're going to be married to, right? I mean, you can go analyze any market you want, but it's like, I totally agree with what you're saying. Start small, you know, just start out, get these numbers, do a few markets, get familiar with the process and then go ahead. And then after you become more familiar with it and where to, you know, get the numbers from and what these look like and being able to actually look at the numbers and evaluate them appropriately as what markets are doing, doing well and which mm -hmm. markets aren't, then you can expand and do more markets, you know, cause kind of like saying, you're never really married to a market. I mean, you can always look at any markets that you want. It's just, it, it, it's good like that. And, uh, but it, going back to the beginning, it's very important to do this. Don't overlook this point of it. You know, I mean, this is, I think this is, want this is one of the three main points of uh, investing in real estate. This is, I won't say this is the most important point, but this is the one of three that you need so, to be dealing with. Okay. So talk about that for a second. So if it's one of three, what are the other two? Uh, first, 
Well, first and foremost, the your sponsor. That's your so, that's your that's your biggest uh, thing you need to pay attention to. So talking about apartment syndication, yes. Yeah, so yeah, your sponsor. okay, right? Yeah, yeah. Your sponsor. You know, a uh, a uh, a good sponsor can turn a mediocre deal around, but okay. it, but a bad sponsor could potentially ruin a good deal for you. Right. So you know, knowing your knowing your sponsor and uh, understanding and trusting what they can do. Uh, and how they're going to be able to move this thing along because we could, we could get something that performs fairly well in a mediocre market. So that that's first and foremost. Then we have the market itself. And like we just talked about, you know, you have to weigh your demographics and associated criteria, but then you have to find a good deal. You know, those are, those are my top three things, the deal, the market, and first and foremost, the sponsor. Okay, so your order is basically from from for most important, at least not least important, but for most important to going down is the the sponsor, your syndicator, basically, uh, and then the market, and then the deal. I mean, that's just I, one I, way of thinking about it. That's the way yeah. I think about it. And I think it's I think it's a it's a great point, you know, because you got to start somewhere. But if you can't trust your sponsor, um, it doesn't matter what the what the deal looks like. You know, if your sponsor if your sponsor has you know a bad track record or whatever. Um, then the deal doesn't even matter because we already it's it probably not going to work anyways. It could, but it, mm-hmm. but it, it might not. Anyways, those two points, great points, or you know those whole the your most important things, the three things. Uh, the other two we'll definitely have shows on. Um, talk more about those. Go into detail about those because there's a lot to look at. So we'll definitely talk about that later. But uh, we're kind of running out of time here, Chris. Uh, before we go. Um, you got anything you want to add about uh, analyzing a market or the importance of that or kind of what steps uh, investors can take to uh, to be better at analyzing the markets or get started and stuff like that? Well, I mean, it, it's important to make sure that uh, that you do the best that you can to to get the right numbers, to get the right metrics. There's a lot of companies out there that perform market analysis analyses for all different kinds of areas. So if you want to spend money and you want to get a, a professional, a professional uh, a team together that will do that for you, you can do that. It's not a big deal to go ahead and do it yourself, but just pay attention to the numbers, make sure you're getting the right stuff. Um, I mean, that's, it's pretty important. Uh, I, th- I would say it's one of the most important things you could pay attention to just to protect your money, man. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, couldn't go, couldn't yeah, agree more. Go, go to the factfinder.gov, go to department of numbers.com. Uh, those are all places that, uh, you know, that can provide a lot of great data. Uh, and then talk to people, you know, that we're building, this is, this is all about building relationships real investing in real estate kind of comes secondary after you've built the relationships. And so, you know, talk to other people, figure out what they're doing, you know, get their take on a market that you're, that you have your eye on, or, you know, get their take on the market that they have their eye on. You want to hit all the angles you can. So you can really just scrutinize this and you understand and trust that where you're putting your money is actually going to work for you and not turn out to be, you know, a poor investment. Awesome. Awesome. That's, 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 that's great. So uh, one more thing before we go, Chris, let me ask you a question. Uh, what's one thing you're doing to improve your investing, whether it's a method or a tool or a process, what's one thing that, that you're, you're focusing on right now to improve uh, your personal investing? Man, like I just mentioned, this is a, this is a relationship business and your, your, your reputation is everything. And so being able to talk to others, I mean, 
that's the key. Know as many people as you can, build those relationships, get good, solid foundations on those relationships. And, you know, you got to have integrity. We're looking for trustworthy people. You got to be trustworthy. I mean, it's all about building those relationships. You know, there's all kinds of uh, references out there on the internet as far as uh, directories with, uh, with actual syndicators and people who are doing the things, whether it's this, whether it's an apartment syndication or any other kind of syndication, there's, there's uh, places out there where you can actually go and find information on the people that you're working with. Reach out to them. Everybody's, from my experience, everybody's so nice and so willing to help. And I, and I think that's huge. Um, and so everybody's really open with being able to give you whatever information you need, as long as they're allowed to be, you know, asking for those references and, and, and that'll help build your trust with that person and making sure that you're, that what they do, like their goals are align with your interests as well. I mean, you got to interview them, but you got to build those relationships and that's what I'm working on. And so as I build better relationships, I'm sure I'm going to turn over a, a handful more uh, better investments. So that's what I have to say. I couldn't agree more. Uh, building relationships is, you know, it's the foundation of any successful uh, venture. So, uh, and, you know, building those relationships is, is key for us right now. And that's exactly what we're trying to do. And I, I couldn't agree more. Um, but so for our listeners, uh, for this episode, we do not have video. So you will not see this on YouTube. Or the internet connection uh, was a little bit slow uh, just for the, for this episode. So we will have that for you on other episodes, but um But that's all we have for today. Appreciate you guys listening. And until next time, keep investing in yourself. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. Head over to iTunes to subscribe to the show. And while you're there, we really appreciate you leaving a rating and written review. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear on the show, connect with us on social media or through our website at twosmartassets.com. We look forward to speaking to each and every one of you. Talk to you soon.